0: chapter 27 of the dark other this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org the dark other by stanley g weinbaum chapter 27 2 in hell the cold hand against pat was still she felt it rigid and stiff on her flesh she lay passive with closed eyes having voiced her final appeal she was through the words torn from her misery represented the final iota of spirit remaining to her and her bruised body and battered mind had nothing further to give the hand quivered and withdrew For a moment more she lay motionless with her arms clutched about her then she opened her eyes gazing dully hopelessly at the demon standing over her he was watching her with a curious abstracted frown as she stirred the scowl intensified and he drew back a step his face contorted suddenly in a spasm of some unguessable emotion his fists clenched A low unintelligible mutter broke from his lips strange she heard him say and after a moment i'm still master here he was master in a moment the emotion vanished and he was again standing over her his face the same impassive demoniac mask she watched him in a dull stupor of despair that was too deep for even a whimper of pain as he wrenched at the elastic about her waist and it cut into her flesh and parted he tore the garment away and the red eyes bored down with a wild elation in their depths mine the being muttered a new hoarseness in his voice are you mine pat made no answer His voice croaked in more insistent tones. Are you mine? She could not reply. She felt his fingers bite into the flesh of her shoulder. She was shaken roughly, violently, and the question came again fiercely. The eyes flamed in command, and she felt through her languor and weakness the stirring of that strange and unholy fascination that he held over her. Answer, he croaked. Are you mine? the torture of his searing grip on her shoulder wrung an answer from her yes she murmured faintly yours she closed her eyes again in helpless resignation she felt the hand withdrawn and she lay passive waiting on the verge of unconsciousness numb spirit broken and beaten nothing happened after a long interval she opened her eyes and saw the other standing again with clenched fists and contorted countenance his features were writhing in the intensity of his struggle a strange low snarl came from his lips he backed away from her step by step he leaned against the bookshelves and beads of perspiration formed on his scowling face he was no longer a master she saw the change imperceptibly the evil vanished from his features and suddenly they were no longer his but the weary horror-stricken visage of her nick the red eyes were no longer satanic but only bloodshot troubled gentle eyes of her sweetheart and the lips had lost their grimness and gasped and quivered and trembled he reeled against the wall staggered to the chair at the table and sank weakly into it Pat was far too exhausted, far too dazed, to feel anything but the faintest sensation of relief. She realized only dimly that tears were welling from her eyes, and that sharp sobs were shaking her. She was for the moment unable to stir, and it was not long until the being at the table turned stricken eyes on her that she moved. Then she drew her knees up before her, as if to hide her body behind their slim, chiffon-clad grace. Nick rose from the table, approaching her with weary, hesitant tread. He seized a cover of some sort that was folded over the foot of the couch, shook it out, and cast it over her. She clutched it about her body, sat erect, and leaned back against the wall in utter exhaustion. Many minutes passed with no word from either of the occupants of the unholy chamber. It was Nick who broke the long silence. "'Pat,' he murmured in low tones. "'Pat, dear, are you all right?' She stared at him dazedly, without answer. "'Honey,' he said. "'Honey, tell me you're all right.' "'All right?' she repeated uncomprehendingly. "'Yes, I guess I'm all right.' "'Then go, Pat. "'Get away from here before he... "'before anything happens. "'Put your clothes on and hurry away.' "'I can't,' she said faintly. "'I can't.' "'You must, honey. "'I'm just not able to. "'I will soon, Nick, honest. "'When I... when I get my breath back.' "'Pat!' "'There was anguish in the cry. "'Oh, God, Pat!' We mustn't ever be together again, not ever. No, she said. A bit of sanity was returning to her. Comprehension of her position sent a shudder through her. No, we mustn't. I couldn't bear another night like this, watching. I'd go mad. Oh, she choked, tears starting. If you hadn't come back, Nick. I conquered him, he said. I don't think I could do it again. It was your call that gave me the strength pat he shook his head as if bewildered he thought it was being in love with you that weakened me but in the end it was that which gave me the strength to subdue him i'm scared said the girl suddenly oh nick i'm frightened you'd better go you'd better dress and leave at once honey here he gathered her clothes from the floor depositing them beside her on the couch there are pins in the tray on the table pat fix yourself up as well as you can dear and hurry out of here he turned toward the door as if to leave and a shock of terror shook her nick she cried don't go away i'm more afraid when i can't see you afraid that he she broke off sobbing all right honey i'll turn my back she slipped out from under the blanket found the pins repaired her ruined costume the frock was torn crushed and bedraggled She pinned it together at the throat, though her trembling fingers made the task difficult. She pulled it on, and took a tentative step toward the door. "'Nick,' she called as a wave of dizziness sent her swaying against the wall. "'What's the matter, honey?' he turned anxiously at her cry. "'I'm dizzy,' she moaned. "'My head aches, and I'm scared. Pat darling, you can't go out alone like this, and,' he added miserably, i can't take you he slipped his arm around her tenderly supporting her to the couch honey what'll we do i'll be all right she murmured i'll go in a moment the dizziness was leaving her strength was returning you must he said dolefully what a parting pat never to see you again and then having this to remember as farewell i know nick you see i love you too She turned her dark troubled eyes on him honey kiss me. Goodbye. We'll have that to remember anyway Tears were again on her cheeks. Do I dare? He asked despondently After the things these lips of mine have said and what these arms have done to you But you didn't Nick could I blame you for that other? God you're kind Pat honey if ever i win out in this battle if ever i know i'm the final victor i'll no he said his tones dropping abruptly i'll never come back to you pat it's far too dangerous and can i ever be certain can i i don't know nick can you i can't be pat i'll never be sure that he isn't just dormant as he was before waiting for my weakness to betray me i'll never be certain honey it has to be goodbye. then kiss me she clung to him the room that had been so recently a chamber of horrors was transformed as she held him as her lips were pressed to his she thought suddenly of the words of the demon that heaven and hell were always the same place they had taken on a new meaning those words she drew away from nick and turned her tear bright eyes tenderly on his. "'Honey,' she murmured, "'I don't want you to leave me. "'I don't want you to go.' "'Nor do I want to, Pat, but I must. "'You mustn't. "'You ought to stay, and we'll fight it out together, "'be married, or any way that permits us "'to fight it through together. "'Pat, do you think I'd consent to that?' "'Nick,' she said, "'Nick, darling, it's worth it to me.' I'm realizing it now. I thought it wasn't, but it is. I can't lose you, Nick. Anything, even that other, is better than losing you. You're sweet, Pat. You know I'd trade my very soul for that. But no, I can't do it. And don't, honey, torture me by suggesting it again. But I will, Nick. She was speaking softly, earnestly. You're worth anything to me. If he should kill me, you'd still be worth it. She gazed tenderly at him. I'd want to die anyway without you. No more than I without you, he muttered brokenly. But I won't do it, Pat. I won't do that to you. I love you, Nick, she said in a low voice. I don't want to live without you. Do you understand me, dear? I don't want to live without you. He stared at her somberly. I have thought of that, too, he said. Pat... If I only believed that we'd be together after, together anywhere, I'd say yes. If only I believed there were an afterwards. Doesn't he prove that by his very existence? Your doctor would deny that. Dr. Carl never saw him, Nick. And anyway, even oblivion together would be better than being separated, and far better than this." He gazed at her silently. She spoke again. That doesn't frighten me, Nick. It's only losing you that frightens me, especially the fear of losing you to him. He continued his silent gaze. Suddenly he drew her close to him and held her in a tight, tender embrace. End of chapter 27